You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 132 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is David. I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. So on this week's show, we're actually, because we're all three of us, as I'm sure we'll talk about in the hobby updates, are on the cusp of starting new armies. We decided to have a, a section this week where we're going to talk about what kind of inspires us um, to create new armies, what we look for when we're creating new armies, um, and how we go about those initial few steps in uh, building our forces. Um, so quite an open kind of topic this week for us to, to delve into. And this is obviously stretching across 40k and AOS. Um, we're also going to be talk, talking about our top three hobby bargains uh, later on in the show. Uh, quite an interesting one. Don't think we've done this top three before, uh, so it should prove very interesting. We've also got our community top three picks, which we'll read out towards the end of the show. So we'll see what bargains you guys have picked up during your time in the hobby. We also have uh, quite a bit of pre-order news in uh, pre-order content in the news section. Uh, which will be straight after this opening segment into the podcast, of which, as always, we will talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Jay, what have you been up to? Um, so, I haven't had my delivery of the elves. So I was hoping to have a weekend, like long bank holiday weekend of building Lumina for Elmos, but they've not turned oh, no. up. So that's, that's obsessing. I'm genuinely upset for you because you're so excited <laughs> for them. Oh man. Well, it's like when Dave was talking then in the intro about how we're on the cusp of starting a new army. I've been on the cusp of starting this army since <laughs> January 2019 or something, 2020. Um so um but I have I did have a few um sprues of um Luminef, so I've built some um Alarif Stone Guard today. I've also been uh, mucking about with colour schemes again. I did have um do like a, a slightly different color scheme on a um, uh, warden, the spearman, spear elf. Um, but I've gone back to some of the models I've painted previously in the uh, metrica color scheme, and I've just sort of tweaked them a little bit. I've I've changed the bases a little bit, put some snow on the bases. So I've I've not done loads. I've just been sort of getting ready to get started on the luminef really. I think this is the most I've ever seen you kind of swaying between color schemes it, it must be because you've been waiting for so long for the luminaire yeah well i mean I, I tend to as well get bored painting one color scheme so I, in the past i've like done an army in one color scheme with space marines are the worst and then think oh actually i bet they look good in a completely different color but with the luminaire um i had like a sea greeny type color scheme for the blue which i really like then we saw obviously when the luminaire battle tone uh, came out we saw the um the, the uh, Helon colour scheme, which is like a, a more minty green type colour scheme, which I really liked. So I think, oh, maybe I'll change it slightly and use that colour scheme because I did like that one. Um, but now I'm sort of leaning back towards the box art again, mm. um, which I, sort of would be pretty good because I've got like 1,400 points painted up in that colour already. Um, it seems to be the sensible option if you've got a massive part yeah. painted already. <laughs> I think you might be right. But I have, I have put a bit of snow on the base because... Um, I love the, um, what's it called, Valhallen Blizzard. Uh, I've used it on a lot of models now, and I, I think it, it just adds a bit to the base. So, I'm, And I think that might be quite cool, like some elves from like the peaks of some mountain ranges in Heesh or something. So, yeah, so that's why. Ask me next week, Dave. Hopefully next week I'll have a massive Luminef Realm Lords army built and start to it. The other thing that doesn't help is you can't get sprays anywhere. 
No, no, the great the great spray shortage of 2021. Yeah. So I'm a bit stuck, really. Even if I did have models ready to paint, I probably wouldn't be able to base coat them and get going on them. To be fair. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that is either. Obviously, there's been you know a myriad days and issues with with the world in general. I know there's quite a few um, non-GW hobby suppliers that are doing their own spray paints, probably in the absence of GW having theirs. So I know Elements certainly have quite a range now of other uh, providers. Yeah, I, I, maybe I'll have to start looking for some alternatives. So I can only assume like the raw materials coming from abroad or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I think so. I, I, I do wonder if it's, yeah, like you say, a, a Brexit hold up on the materials, maybe. Huh. Well, see, actually, we'll, we'll go over to me next, James, because you mentioned that you you put a bit of snow on your Lumineff bases. Well, I've not done a, a, a ton of hobby um, this week, unfortunately. I've been quite busy with uh, working different things. But I have been, uh, I'm nearly finished painting my Ogre Tyrant now. Um, so I'm really on board, as we'll, we'll talk about later on, with uh, building an Ogre's um, Age of Sigmar army. Um, and I'm going to give them, I've started doing like a bit of a backstory for them, but um, because I quite like the idea of like the Everwinter and stuff, I'm going to go for snowy bases on mine as well. So I've got some, uh, I've never used it before, but I've got some of that Valhalla and um, Blizzard on order now. Um, and I look yeah. forward to trying it out. It's really cool. And I find as well a little tip for it, Dave, is once you put like a bit blob on, leave it a few minutes and then go back and just like bash it up a little bit and spread it out a little bit so it's like you can see bits of the base underneath it it looks like the smell snow's like melting or dispersed a bit more naturally i find rather than just being clumped up in blobs you, you just have to go back to it so if you're doing like 10 models put it all on and all the places you want to put it on and then go back around to the first model and just like smush it up a bit yeah so the best effect but, as well dave what i do is base them and then add it don't don't just put that on the base no no my plan was to astro granite or something similar to that and then add the um the snow in in parts on the base so like you say it's like the snow's kind of melted on you're on the outskirts of what was a very snowy kind of area uh, i wanted to really give the effect that the kind of the ever winter is following these ogres even though it's going to oh, be a yeah. mix of beast claw raiders and uh your generic ogres um, but I might I might give them a bit of a backstory where they've you know they're from the hills of Haish and you know they've got some beef with the Lumineth. Haish you know, just sounds cool. Beef with yeah. my stone guard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny, but they could get plenty in that uh, cauldron if they take down one of those uh, big cows. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Looks like meat's back on the menu. <laughs> So um, unfortunately, that's that's really it for me in the hobby. Um, quite quite a quiet one this week. Um, although Matt, and I think this segues nicely into what you've been up to in the hobby this week. But we actually, we actually had a game of Warhammer. We we rolled dice in person on an actual table with actual miniatures. It was glorious. It was a little bit chilly, but it was glorious. It was chilly to start, but it soon warmed up. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was really good actually. Um, the the funniest thing is that I've I've been painting all these models for in lockdown, and the first army I use after lockdown, or you know as the restrictions are eating, is one of Matt's armies, yeah. um, which is funny. And um, but I was really keen to try out the ogres, so it just it just made sense, didn't it? Um, to give them a go. So I, I use Matt's ogres, um, and Matt, who were you using? I was using the Sons of Bayamat, and it was a really good game, wasn't it? I uh. Almost like a tyrant teaching the next generation of ogre 
the the ways <laughs> of war reining you in when you want to charge up after a giant just ooh, ah. leave it a turn and you've got it it was a really good game you were if you'd have taken down that mega gargant on the turn when you focused him you left mm. him with that one wound it was so unlucky you'd have won that mm-hmm. you'd have won the game at that point i think yeah yeah it was a, it was a really good it was a really good game and it really uh, gave me a taste of um what the like takes all this science what they do isn't it <laughs> um so yeah it's um it, it was a really good game and it was it was just it was just good getting to push models around and, and roll some dice uh, i can't wait for the next game um uh, and some games indoors as well that'd be that'd be nice um mm-hmm. so what have you been up to in the hobby this week matt so obviously the biggie was was with garden hammer season starting and i am um, i'm off for i'm off all week so anytime anyone's to play any hammer warhammer on a lunchtime game of blood bowl whatever I'm, I've, I've got the fever for rolling some dice now so that was really fun um in preparation of that um i was also working on my sons of bear mat uh, a little bit slower than than i'd have liked to have been on them so far but again it's been a busy week with with various bits and bobs on uh but i've got the skin down on my mega gargants i'm really happy with how that turned out and i've started on all the cloth and stuff i was on uh das Malls stream the other day and uh, yeah, uh, got some um, got some of the cloth done while on the stream, so that was good progress. Quite a lot to go because they're big old models, but um, and I'm not helping myself by batch painting mega gargants. <laughs> but yeah, hoping to. Uh, I say I'm hoping to get them done by by next week. It all depends on um, obviously pre-orders and stuff. But as soon as um, I've got my hands on Cur City, everything's going to be dropped for them, as we'll probably discuss later on in the show. Uh, and then today, also, when I was meant to be painting Mega Gongs and I got distracted, obviously we know there's a load of Titanica stuff coming out, which we'll talk about in a bit. And I wanted to try and get enough uh, scenery built so that as soon as we can, me and Jay can have a game of Titanicus. Well, so um, yeah. I've built about five or six buildings today. I've got one more to build after the stream. Then I've got plenty for a four by four board. Awesome. Yeah, I was um, I saw my brother at the weekend and um he's also painted his um oh it's a Warhound sort of um Legio. The um Tiger eyes he's using his Yes, it? that's it, Tiger, yeah, the the Chaos one, yeah. So he's got them ready to go as well. He must have about fifteen hundred points as well, I think. Nice. That just leaves Dave to get a uh yeah. a manipul. If only there was an easy way to do that that we'll discuss <laughs> in the news. If only there was a hobby bargain. If only there was yeah. See, it's all, this is all the synergy on the show. This <laughs> excellent stuff. Um, so yeah, quite exciting. The the hobby updates this week. Matt alluded to something in the news segment, so I think we should take a pause and we shall come back with the news segment. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? So we've got a lot of stuff up for pre-order this weekend. It's certainly a biggie, and you know we know we've had some quiet weeks in the past where they've had alternate weekly releases. Yeah, they seem to be catching up a little bit now. So uh, for Warhammer Underworlds, we have got the Crimson Court. These are the absolutely gorgeous Soul Blight Grave Lords uh, vampire warband for Warhammer Underworlds, and I'm in love with them and need to paint them all immediately. I think these are my, they're definitely my favourite Underworlds miniatures. I think they're up there with some of the best hero characters released for the game. They are really nice models, really nice models. So, as with the other Underworlds warbands, about 25 quid, which is not bad, really. The Underworlds warbands are pretty reasonable, I think. Interestingly, though, we've got something new coming out alongside this. 
the Warhammer Underworld starter set. Now, obviously, we've had, you know, Diachasm, but that's not really aimed at newbies. It's aimed at people who already play Underworlds. So the Warhammer Underworld starter set is specifically aimed at people new to the game. You get two pre-made decks that work against each other. You get two warbands, all the rules, all the tokens. And they've gone in with a slightly lower price point than Diachasm as well. Now, I've only got the prices in dollars, so I've had to convert them based on, you know, similar priced items on the GW store. I'm getting a price of around 37 quid, so anywhere between 35 and 40, there's some variations in the prices. But that seems really good for a starter box with two decks and two uh, new warbands. They've reused yeah, some of the old um, push fit um, models from Age of Sigmar that came out with um, Soul Wars. Right. So, you know, they're not, they're not new models, unfortunately, but, you know, you get a, a full deck with each of them, and those decks are usable in um, the main Warhammer Underworlds as well. So the question is, for my own little self-set challenge of painting up every Underworlds warband, I guess I'm going to have to paint up these chaps too, aren't I? Yeah. I think yeah. I've got them. I could start on them. I've definitely got them on frames from Mortal Realms magazine <laughs> or something. But yeah, that seems pretty good, and I think that's, a, that's, that's more kind of pocket money price for people who maybe want to kind of dip their toe in. Mm-hmm. which is definitely a good thing uh, interestingly also up for pre-order is Warhammer Underworld's Essential Cards now this takes some of the best cards from earlier seasons of the game and updates them and makes them legal for Diachasm that's really good uh, we actually only had a conversation well I mean it was more uh, facts and specific ones we were talking about the other, the other week but we were oh, talking about something leads, like yeah. this yeah yeah, so I think I think there might be some new cards in there as well because it, it, it suggests that people who are new to the game as well, uh, people who existing players might have a use for this set as well. But that's definitely good, even if only for duplicate cards, so you can make multiple decks. There's nothing more annoying than having to take a card out of your deck and put it into another deck. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So I'm really because and this again does imply that maybe all those kind of faction cards and all those other things will get releases as just card packs because you see it for other collectible card games. So. I, I like this move. I suppose it all depends on how it sells, but if that's got a decent price point, that would be quite popular, I think. Yeah, I think it would. Um, in dollars, they are $18. So that is approximately the, approximately the price of two white dwarfs. So what's that, about a tenner? That doesn't seem too bad, does it? No, no, that seems all right. Uh, there's also some Shaiish-themed dice. They look really nice. Um, you know what I've missed from this season of Underworlds? There's been no themed dice and no themed um, sleeves for each of the warbands. I don't know if maybe they didn't sell too well, but I always tended to pick them up for my warbands that I got. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got some for the Kunofi warband. Was that last season? That's last season, yeah. None yeah, of the ones this season have got their own. So what they've done instead yeah. is uh, release some packs of vaguely order themed or vaguely death themed so yeah it's it's death they're kind of purples and greys and blues they look pretty nice but yeah i do miss the sleeves i think they were really cool uh for adeptus satanicus we've got a new book on the way loyalist legios now we, we saw this previewed and we're a bit unclear on what it is uh, it contains the rules for every loyalist titan legion obviously they've been released so far across multiple books so far um, it also includes new rules for creating your mana pools and battle groups. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know how much of it's new stuff or new lore. I imagine there will be some new content. At least the the, the Warmaster Titan, I'm sure, will be featured in here somewhere. Um, so I think it's going to be one where we have to get our hands in it to see how worth it's going to be to somebody who's got all the books so far 
I mean, for ease of play, it's definitely easy having it all collected into one book, isn't it? But um, yeah. maybe a little bit frustrating for people who have picked up all the books so far. So I have to see, you know, just how much new content is in there. But uh, certainly sounds like an exciting one. Also, interestingly, they've released uh, or got for pre-order the Adeptus Titanicus rule book as well by itself. So previously, uh, you could only get it in the initial starter box or in the, uh, I think it's about £100 kind of uh, start game. Now you can buy it by itself. Um, I don't think it's very expensive. I think we're talking like a 20 quid price point for just the core rules, which is quite good for somebody maybe wants to dip their toe in and not invest in all the miniatures and have a read of the system first. Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we've also got a massive kit coming alongside these releases in the Warmaster Titan. This thing is impressive looking again based on the dollar to pound conversion price this might not be exactly right but i've got it as approximately 95 pounds which in my mind seems about right because it looks about the same size as an imperial knight doesn't it yeah i was i was expecting around the 100 pound mark so yeah it looks really really cool Uh, i don't know if it's got multiple weapon loadouts on it i think in the past they've you know six months later released a separate frame with different weapons haven't they yeah. or resin upgrades from forge world but uh definitely looks nice and i will be definitely ordering one on saturday what i'm also very tempted to order on saturday is another new box they've got the precept manipult battle force now back in the midst of time there was a there was a pretty good battle force that they did with all the christmas releases where you got a titanicus army for a decent price they are doing the same here you get a warlord titan a reaver titan a warmonger titan and two warhounds for and again this is based on the, the dollar to pound conversion rate but if my calculations are correct this will set you back 110 pounds for about 200 pounds worth of miniatures that's nice that's an a hobby absolute bargain. billy bargain <laughs> so yeah i mean I've, I've 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 kind of once i've added the war master i've kind of done my ignatum force it's about 3,000 points. I, I can't really justify getting any more Ignatum engines. What I could do, however, is make another Legio for them to fight against. And I'm thinking Mortis. So this might be a good way of starting that, because it's certainly cheaper than the component parts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool, actually, have Mortis and Ignatum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then also, again, another brilliant move. A lot of transfers are being re-released for Ignatum, Astorum, Metallica and Solaria. Uh, again, though, if you want them, order them on Saturday because they tend to go super fast. Uh, thankfully, they have reprinted them, but you never know if that's going to be the case in future. Mm-hmm. So if you, would you be tempted to start a, uh, a Titanicus Force, Dave, with this box? Very much so, Matt. Very, very much so. Uh, I, I... Yeah, I, I think that's a really nice touch of the minis. Um, I, I do need to read up more about like i've wanted to watch you guys have a game because i think that would be where i'm kind of pushed over the edge like if i watch <laughs> you guys have a game i'll be like yeah this looks really cool um and, and delve right in um but i think this like you say i mean it comes with the warbringer which hasn't been out that long well you say that i mean we've been in lockdown for a year but that's that's true actually i, <laughs> I think it's, it, i think it came out just before lockdown probably this time last year maybe just before um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a new kit and they're all gorgeous models. So, yeah, I mean, if that that gets you a maniple, this plus the starter box that's got, uh, I think it's got two reavers and two warhounds. You've got loads of options for your maniple then. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But absolutely. even just this in the rule book gets you going. Obviously, you need the, the terminals and stuff, but I think you can print them at the minute as well, which is handy. Ah, uh, right. I see. Yeah. So you, I would need to buy the terminals separate. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I've got stacks of them anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's not everything. We've also got some releases for Blood Bowl. So we've got the first expansion for the newest edition of the game in Death Zone. This is like a compendium with all all sorts of cool bits. It's got rules for uh, mercenaries. It's got rules for uh, refs that you can bribe and bring on to replace the match official. And it's got rules for seven aside Blood Bowl, which sounds amazing. Uh, Again, I don't think this is a super expensive book. uh, And I definitely prefer this format than it all being tied to the kind of uh, supplements that came out for the first release of the game where it was kind of, it wasn't really a complete experience out of the box, where they've kind of fixed that with this release of uh, Blood Bowl, haven't they? They have. Uh, we've also got Spike! Exclamation mark Magazine issue 12, which features the uh, the Blackhawks and the Imperial Nobility, and with that, pretty much all the contents of the Blood Bowl second season box is up for pre-order individually, so the teams, the star players, the cards, the dice, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people always have that, but if you've maybe just picked up the rule book. So I don't think you guys picked up the uh, box, did you? Uh, no, not, not yet. So if you were if you attempted on one of these, uh, you can pick up the individual teams, which is cool. And then finally, we have got a sevens pitch for seven-a-side games of Blood Bowl. Obviously, it's a smaller pitch, and you've got a smaller uh, game. It's got six turns per half. So, yeah, this, uh, this looks pretty cool. I want to try that out, but uh, I think my pennies will be spent on Titanica stuff this week. I, I do like the idea of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, slightly quicker seven seven uh, side games of Blood Bowl. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued because if it, that's like a quick little half hour game of Blood Bowl, that's definitely a good thing, isn't it? Especially if like you you know you're trying to get a tournament going and and the games are just slightly too long. If you made it a seven aside tournament, maybe you get through games a bit quicker. Yeah, well, what they what they pointed out on one of the preview shows is that obviously for a full size game of uh, Blood Bowl, really a single box of a single team box isn't enough because you haven't got all the positionals. You need some extra players. Where if it's uh, seven aside, you've got plenty to fill out your entire roster just with that box. I think it could also yeah. add a different sort of slant on the game itself, where different sort of team compositions become better with a smaller player count. Yeah, absolutely. And something that's something else that's also covered in the Death Zone book as well. It covers kind of like non-league teams, which sounds hilarious for Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, kind but... of like, you know, the the, the, the the local non-league club in Norm playing mm-hmm. on the muddy field outside the town. <laughs> so, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I might want to get in one of those pitches. I think that'd be quite fun. Yeah, I think I think so too. Again, that kind of stuff as well tends to go pretty quick. So if you want it, order it pretty quick. Uh, we also got some more details about the Beast Snaggers today. So this is the uh, the new Orc tribe that doesn't really like vehicles and stuff. They prefer squigs. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it does imply that they are favoured by the snake bites, but they do hang around all of the different uh, Orc cultures. So like uh, I think, Jay, you said back in the previous one, you think it's going to work a bit like the Speed Freak stuff in the last Orc Sub-feature, release. Yeah. It looks like it's exa- exactly the same. Like they can all take them, but they might have more synergies with the snake bites kind of stuff, which is really cool because it means I can have some uh, squigs galloping alongside all my uh, Speed Freaks, which would be pretty cool. They also showed off. Exactly, yeah. I, could, I, I, I was wondering if I can put, replace the back legs with some wheels 
because yeah. it needs to be mechanized and customized. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we also saw another another of the uh, Beast Snagger models. This one armed with a spear. Now you know a spear that's a pretty savage weapon. An orc looks at it and goes, "Oh, it's all right. You can throw it, but it's not very fast, is it?" So what you do is you strap a rocket on the end of it, fling it, rocket kicks in and fires through somebody's skull. It's so, like the elbow rockets for a Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so that just sounds amazing. I uh, can't wait to see these. We are going to be seeing a new one of these, I think, every Monday for the next uh, few weeks until the Orcs come out. So I think they're a bit further out, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what comes for the Orcs. Speaking of new miniatures, we also saw a pair of new Broken Realms miniatures. Games Workshop shared that every Monday in this month, we're going to see a new miniature from a Broken Realms book. Uh, we know that Bellacor's next, and we've seen him, and we know that Kragnos is coming after that. Uh, today we saw a pair of characters from an unnamed, as of yet, Broken Realms book, uh, going by the name of Galen Van Denst and his daughter, Duralia. This is a father-daughter combo of witch hunters, and they have got to be... I, I know I said it earlier about the vampires, but they're some of the best models they've done for Sigma so far. I love these. These are so up my street. They, I think, Matt, you said it best of, like, I'm getting Codex Inquisition in AOS before I get it in 40k. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you see, I, 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 I kind of, like, glanced at it, and I assumed they were Inquisitional models. Yeah. Uh, but no, they are from the Order of Azir. So obviously we've seen that introduced in Curse City, and there's been mentions of it in the Teclas book. I've got a feeling when we next get a Cities of Sigmar book, the Order of Azir are going to feature heavily, and that's probably where the new kind of human mortal kind of elements going to be in. Yeah. yeah exactly but and then by putting it in the cities of sigmar you don't invalidate the entire range which is not bad because i think the order of azir stuff would still look good with your spearmen and crossbowmen and stuff in the background as the kind of common rabble yeah it's very similar aesthetic to like the um the sword what they call great swords and, and things mm. like that yeah. Obviously, you know, it's, it's like 20 years after they were released and they've been modernised a bit, but it's a nice way of not completely invalidating that entire range. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to pick these up as well because I've got a Cities of Sigmar army. Um, very tank, steam tank based, but I'm sure there'll be room for some witch hunters in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be getting these. And if this is a sign of some of the new Cities of Sigmar uh, models we're going to be getting, then I will probably end up getting a Cities of Sigmar army at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, we've all, we've all ordered a copy of um, Curse City, so in that box you've got seven new Cities of Sigmar models as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, really excited to paint these. They look so, so good. Um, now, I mentioned that, you know, that every every Monday they're going to have a new miniature, so presumably very soon we'll see what Kragnos is, if not next week, the week after. Um, Warhammer community being a bit coy on what book these are from because they don't like showing us stuff too far ahead. I wonder if book five is going to be based around a vampire of some description, and these are the Audrey's ear going to hunt said vampire. Could this could be. be? Could this be a newly created vampire who's maybe riding the dragon that we saw on the front cover of the um, Soul Black Grave Lords book? And that's how that new model comes in via a Broken Realms book. It's it's possible. It's very, very possible. I mean, we don't know if we've seen the whole range. Well, initial range of... We uh, definitely haven't seen the whole range because they said no. there's more to come. Right, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, it could be. It, that would be a good way of tying Broken Realms into well, I, I assume what will be a, a new edition coming next. Mm. So yeah, so exciting times. Again, my my theories on, on how many boxes this keeps getting thrown out the window every week, so who knows? It could be six books, it could be 12 books, I don't know. But they've all been cool, so I'm happy. Just keep giving us the awesome miniatures and books. And finally, in a bit of uh, code breaking, I was... I don't know if you guys have watched Leaky Cheese. He does a lot of um, Forge World unboxings. And he came across a bit of a, a conspiracy theory and, and something that he stumbled across. Now, Games Workshop use a, a product code for, for every miniature in the range. And the fifth and sixth digit relates to which system it is. Currently, every single 30k model uses the same code as 40k. So as far as Games Workshop are concerned... 30k and 40k are both the same thing however from i think it was about mid last year all new 30k uh, miniatures books releases have now got a new code 30 as opposed wow. to the 01 code for 40k they used to have right so, so he finds it very interesting that all of a sudden games workshop are now categorizing the 40k stuff uh, 30k stuff as its own game system, which they have never done before as far as product codes are concerned. Dave, when you're editing the pit video, put the X-Files music on at this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So he, so he is assuming this is going to lead towards a new 30k box, and he's asked the community to hunt through any new boxes they've got, whether it be 40k, uh, 30k plastic miniatures or any 30k kits that you've got, and see what the product code is. I sent Leaky a message earlier because my recently purchased copy of Horace Heresy Book 8 Malevolence also has that 30 code. So yeah, definitely pointing towards a big heresy release at some point in the near future. Very intriguing. How did he come across that? That's uh, so not... I'd, I'd, I'd rather not spot, I sent him a message earlier, I just picture his house being filled with like product <laughs> codes and pictures and bits of string linking them all together. Excellent stuff. Well, on that uh, on that note, we shall take a pause and we'll come back with some army building. So keep listening. So regular listeners to this show will know that between us, we get through quite a few armies. Uh, we it probably feels like we start a new army every two weeks, uh, if not sometimes weekly, especially in my case. Um, where I tend to start various different projects. So we thought on this kind of a bit of a stopgap uh, episode, as we have, uh, we didn't have anything to review, to kind of look at how we go about starting these new armies, um, what kind of inspires us to start, how we um, go about buying the first models for them, uh, and basically taking it from there. So a lot of, about what we're probably about to talk about is probably going to be very... Um, Age of Sigmar, because that's currently where we're kind of at at the moment with projects. Um, but this could easily be adapted to kind of 40k and, and stuff that we do for um, different systems. So at the moment, um, between the three of us, we're, we are looking at starting new Age of Sigmar army. So, Jay, as you quite re- rightly pointed out in the hobby section, you've kind of already started your Luminef. Um, so what what kind of, you know, what's what's firing you to get Luminef at the moment? Well, I my New Year's resolution this year was to not start new armies, if you remember. 
So yeah. even though the Lumef is a new army, it's not a new army because it's a continuation of an existing army that you haven't yes. actually started yet. Exactly. So so yeah, on 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 I've I've got me me 40k, me 30k, and me Age Sigma. So each with Lumef. So I wanted to do Lumef ever since we found out they were coming. Um, I've always been a big fan of of elves and high elves and wood elves. So Lumef are a, 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 a nice fit. I, I didn't. The Idenf Deepkin, I really like the Idenf Deepkin, but they don't feel like what an elf army should look like in my head. Even though I do like the sort of look of them and the theme of them, they're not. It's not. It's not my kind of elf army. Uh, the that, 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 that seems a bit. That seems a bit racist coming from a tech list. Uh, <laughs> he was never a fan of them, was he? Maybe, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. I do think about that. <laughs> um, and uh, the Sylvaneth as well. I really like the Sylvaneth. They were my go-to when Age of Sigmar first came out. You know, they were the closest thing you could get to an elf army at the time. Um, but even they aren't true elves. You've got the Tree Revenants and the Lariel, <clears throat> and uh, but that's really it. Um, so yeah. So when did it was? Was it January 2020 when we first saw the Lumineth Realm Lords? I believe it was. Yeah, it, that, the, the last years all merged together. But it was, yeah. I think we got a teaser maybe at the end of 2019, then a full kind of trailer 2020. That's it because um, the launch box wasn't it that came out. So mm-hmm. I picked up the launch box. Um, so yeah. So now. I mean, it's a great time to be in Age of Sigmar, really, because there's so many cool models coming out. We've got the Soulblight Gravelords, Cursed City. We've had those um, Witch Hunter Inquisitor-looking models today. We've got Kragnos around the corner. Who knows what else is coming this year? Mm. Um, the Kenofi and the Warband uh, in Underworlds and also in Cursed City. Um, so I've got plenty of Lumineth. I mean, that's the good thing about the Lumineth nowadays is that they're such a large army with so many different kinds of builds and different kinds of units that you can basically, you know, you can build a shooting army, you can build a close combat army, you can build a mix, you can build a cavalry army, you can build a monster heavy army, you can build a magic heavy army, you can build a close combat heavy army. So it's got a bit of everything. So I think Lumineth's going to keep me busy for a while. And my New Year's resolution means that I can't start a new Age of Sigmar army mm-hmm. until the Lumineth are done. Every single model? Every <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that's, well. <laughs> what, Jay, what Jay judges is a complete army. Yeah, is what it's going to come down to. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, yeah, I've got I've got about fourteen hundred points painted, so I could just paint six hundred points of battle line and I'm done. But I'm not going to. I want to. I want. I, I want to. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to get a post up this week of all the different kinds of Lumineth lists I've been thinking about building. So I want to get pretty much everything painted so that I can mix and match things. So you know, it doesn't get boring playing with them. Um, yeah. That's the plan anyway. That makes that's sense. Point, isn't it? How, when you're when you're you I say building an army, but buying an army, would you normally write an army list and then buy the models, or would you kind of buy the models then write an army list? For me, it's yeah, I buy the models and then write an army list, and I tend to buy more models than I'll ever use, um, just because I like using different army lists. Um, I, I think I think if you were, if I was building the Luminef as a tournament army i think that's or, or any army as a tournament army that's a bit different because you have an army list in your mind and you build them by the models and build to that list but i'm not doing that with the luminef i want the luminef to be like my main force that i can oh what should i take today okay i'll take i'll take a an alarif heavy army take oh no i might go for cavalry heavy army take. i want to have that those options available to me so i'm not yeah. i'm not buying and painting with a list in mind i'm I want the whole collection, basically. But other armies, so for example, the 30k armies, it was different. So on the 30k side, maybe it's because 30k is a lot more expensive, Forge World. But I have written a list and I've bought 
those models for that for that list on the on the 30k side um, you know what it's, it's funny you say that because for 30k i've done exactly the same as you where i'm generally i buy all the cool toys that i like and then shoehorn them into a list but 30k yeah i i wrote the list first to try and get like you say the, the most bang for your buck because at the minute without a starter box heresy isn't the most expensive uh, the cheapest to get into is it no it's not but i also think as well on the heresy side that i don't feel like when i'm writing a list it's uh, a tuned competitive list it, it is more a list that i want to use the units i want to use but I've, i decide upon that beforehand i'm not that fussed about having a collection of horror heresy miniatures to choose from and build a list i sort of know my blood angels are going to be jump pack heavy i like the new dreadnoughts i want the dreadnoughts in there and that's it i don't think i'll ever like move away from that sort of style of blood angels and i think if you did oh maybe i want to take a few more predator tanks i'd probably just paint up another legion to be fair <laughs> that favor predator tanks cool um matt and you're on the on the verge of starting a new age of sigmar army in the soul plight grave lord so uh what's making you want to start these guys well if i'm honest curse city so I did, I did an article on the site probably about a month ago now just discussing how curse city can be a kind of start collecting soul black grave lords now as we've seen over this last weekend uh, none, none of the rules in the box actually have the Soul Black Grave Lords keyword, and presumably they'll get kind of updates and refreshes when the new battle term comes out. Now, the question mark is obviously at the minute we don't know if Curse is getting reprinted because it's currently no longer available on the uh, the GW Web Store. Uh, presumably, if it's popular, they'll they'll keep it running. You know, um, Blackstone Fortress was in production for a good couple of years mm-hmm. uh, so we're hoping we're hoping that it's, it's a permanent thing they've just put it as you know no longer available just to give them time to, to restock it but that to me seems like a real shame if it was limited because you get a couple of battle lines you get a few cool elite units you get a smattering of heroes to me that's like it's, it's an army in the box essentially it might not be the most tuned army in the world, but it is a legal army with a nice variety of different models to paint, which is really the kind of way I go about buying an army. It's just like Jay, I suppose. I will buy what looks cool and then make a list out of that. If I'm then going to a tournament, I might go, oh, actually, I need X, Y, Z and buy those extra units I need to, to tune the list. But really, I go in it from the angle of this looks cool. I want to paint it. And that's exactly what I thought with um, with Curse City and the vampires from Warhammer Underworlds. That's about eight characters, and I can't fit them all in an army. But I'll, I'll do my best to try and fit them all in there because <laughs> I love the models. Um, with, with Necrons, I, I kind of wanted to do a Necron army for a long time because a lot of the models were really cool. A lot of the models were really not so cool. So when um, Indomitus came out with all those new Necron Warrior sculpts, it was the same. It was a perfect excuse to start a new army I'd wanted to do for a long time. So I guess for me, it's all about the aesthetics of the army and how they look over rules. That's very much secondary to me. If there's a model that's got cool rules as well, that's a bonus. Um, You know, the Sons of Bayamat, I guess, was the same. I have gone for a list with three different Mega Gargants because I've wanted three different looking Mega Gargants in the list. There might be arguments for having a list of, I don't know, all Kraken Eaters or whatever, but that's not the list I'd want to run on the table because I think that's less fun to me. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think having three unique looking big Mega Gargants on the table is, it just looks awesome. Yeah. 
that's it so yeah so i think i i always come from it from 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 a very very superficial but go for the looks first and work out a list earlier and occasionally by sheer luck my cool looking army is actually half decent (laughs) but that doesn't happen often I'm I'm probably in the same situation as you, Matt. I, I I go for what models I think look really really cool. Um, I do look at the rules and think what I would enjoy using as well. I think that's a key part of it. Like I really like the Slanesh range of um, models. Like the, some of the models in that range are superb. The Keep the Secrets, the Contorted Epitome. Um, I you know I, I even don't mind the like the Demonettes and the sort of more core units. Um, however, when I tried playing as them, it just didn't click for me. So I do have uh, an eye on the rules as well, um, but I'm mainly driven by um, the model. So, for instance, this is Age of Sigmar push that we're on at the moment. Um, I was all about collecting the, the, the Bone Reapers. Um, I really like the look of the Bone Reapers. Uh, I think they're going to be a really fun army um, to use. Um, but I think the Ogres just seem a bit more characterful. I really like the Tyrant model that came out with Feast of Bones. He was the first one I decided to put paint on. Oh, yeah. Um, they're also quite a, an elitish army as well, so I'm not going to have that many models, which is which is quite a big draw um, because, I, you know, I want to, I want them to be... I'm, I'm not getting an awful lot of painting time at the moment, so I want to try and make sure I'm painting with you guys so that as we're kind of going, we can get these games in with, uh, you know ever-increasingly painted uh, models for that particular army. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think I think from a t- tournament point of view, I, again, like you, Matt, if I take my Stormcast, for example, I that's probably my my best army to kind of look at, maybe them in the Ad Mech for having quite a variety of stuff. Like, you're aiming to cover a lot of bases with your Lumen FJ. The Ad Mech for 40K and the Stormcast for AOS are probably my armies for having diversity like different units that i can pick and choose from um so we've got this tournament coming up uh, is it in october september october september september uh and i was looking at taking the stormcast and using what i've got as a basis but to try and make them a bit more you know i will never take a, a full-on tournament list probably but to make them at least a little bit more competitive i'm looking at a couple of new units that i can add to them and um, to make them that little bit more competitive but it's that's never really been my thing, like taking a million ballistas and stuff. Um, there there are some models which I just can't leave home without, even if they're even if they're not super competitive. Hello, Star Drake. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of important for me. Yeah, it's I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? I, th- I think we're probably quite different as far as a lot of people listening to the show in that. Uh, tournament plays very much secondary to us it's only recently we've got into it where our normal gaming environment is just having a laugh with us guys isn't it really it's very it's very light uh, stakes it's it's more for the fun of rolling dice rather than trying to win i'm not saying that we go out to lose games but it's it's oh, not. I, I sometimes kind of, wonder about Dave. To be fair, well, this is <laughs> it. This is it. Um, <laughs> but it's not about you know. It's, it's not kind of win it all costs play, is it? And we'll I, you know we'll give each other advice during a game and, and point out things. Oh, did you, did you definitely yeah. want to do that? Where some players wouldn't do that. They'd be playing in a full tournament settings and every move matters. Yeah, I, I think that's. I, I, yeah, we 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 all have kind of said that we're not massive tournament players, yet we love playing in tournaments. 
And I think that's for the fun. For me, I really enjoy playing in tournaments now because I'm playing against people and armies that I don't normally get to play against. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, Matt, you, you do go in wanting to win. Of course you do. You know, you want to you want to win games, and you know, one day I do want to do you know moderately well at a tournament. But that's not really the main draw. Like I'm not going to this unicorn tournament to think right. I've got to finish in the top three. I'm going to have a really fun tournament. You know, I suppose really that's it, isn't it? Fun games. You, you you wouldn't want to win to the detriment of the other players' enjoyment. I suppose is the point I was trying to make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, the the real cusp, I, I think, for for all three of us, is that it, it's the models that kind of drives us into collecting a new a new army. Um, that that kind of really spurs us on, and then the lists kind of come secondary. Yeah. So I mean, when obviously we've kind of got a sight set on these armies, I'll be doing vampires just because. Hopefully Saturday we'll have Curse City start painting that up. The new vampires on the way the following Saturday. And then, you know, I can then... I, I say pick and choose a few units. I'm going to probably buy one of each, aren't I? The vampire release when it comes out. And then make <laughs> an army like that. Um, and I know you've kind of jumped through a few different projects recently, Dave. When you're going to pick a faction, though, what is it that, that, that informs that decision? What is it that catches your eye? Is it that it's the latest army on the block? Is it... I don't know. What, what, what is it that kind of prompts you to start a new army? Um, I mean, we've already kind of said the models, but also, I mean, that's the main, that's always going to be the main thing. Like, let's take, for example, we've seen these two new, new witch hunters for City to Sigma. I've always been um, a fan of kind of the, the human kind of race and like the fantasy settings. But I just look at those two models and I'm already thinking, I need a Cities of Sigmar army <laughs> because I want those two models. Just based on those two models. Yeah, exactly. But I have I have already got a, an interest in the, the faction itself. So I think what you're trying to kind of get out of here, Matt, is it, another driving force for me is that the law and you know more about the faction itself. I've only, I'm a, you know I'm a big fan of kind of robots and um, technology and stuff. Maybe that's why I'm such a big fan of the Adeptus Mechanicus. That, um, it's a good point, Dave, because like like the Adeptus Mechanicus are really really nice models, but I don't really I'm not that interested in the background of the Mechanicum or anything like that. So even though they're gorgeous models, I've never been inspired to paint. I mean, same on the on the the Age Sigma side and like the Death Guard Mortarian. Mortarian's an amazing model at Primark, and the Death Guard models are amazing. But I just don't. There's nothing in the Death Guard sort of background that sort of or the Nurgle background that that. I can latch onto, so I would never start an army of Death Guard. Even if they have the best rules going, the best models going, I still need to have that hook into that army, which is like, um, whereas, you know, I love like Wood Elves, so anything like New Sylvaneth, New Kenoffy, the Dwarfs, I love the Dwarfs, um, the Blood Angels, I love all the backgrounds of the Blood Angels, Sanguinius. So I think that is an important factor in it when you're choosing an army to start. And I think yeah. that's why Games Workshop are the top of their game aren't they and that's why you see so many other pretenders come along and try and capture that magic and fail because games work been invested as much time and energy into creating the universes as they have the models yeah yeah you know we've got entire fictional histories that you know saddos like us will know off the back of our hand it's that is quite 
unusual and i suppose that's the unique selling point isn't it you've got this this whole you know constructed narrative of the background and all the ins and outs of the different factions and you're right you know there's there's factions that have got core models but you know maybe i'm maybe not into the into the um the, the background but i'll certainly go kind of I don't know, digging through a Black Library book, and that will then make me want to go, oh, I really fancy doing a White Scars army. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to find that I just don't stick with not. So, like, when the Osiot Bone Reapers came out, I, I thought some of the Osiot Bone Reapers models were amazing. Katakros was so cool, really nice model. So I picked up a bunch of Osiot Bone Reapers, but I just don't have any sort of affinity for Nagash or Death, and I just, I just couldn't... I didn't feel like the army was mine, so I just didn't do anything with them, whereas like the, the Luminef Realm Lords have come out and I mean, I've not even had a game with them, but I'm still really, really excited about building them, painting them, reading all the background, different color schemes, you know, Tyrion and Tekla. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, but I mean, that's the beauty. Like you say, there's something for everyone, isn't there really? I mean, you're a big chaos demon player, Matt, but mm. I've never really been into the chaos demon side of things, but likewise, you've probably never really been into the, the old world dwarfs and things like no. that. So. I bet, I bet if you could do some psychological analysis of there, yeah. you, know, you don't like Nagash, you don't like the demons, you do like the fella who quite famously has got beef with demons and death. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Um, I think what you you kind of touched on there, Matt, the, the pure fact that Games Workshop have a portion of their business called the Black Library, and it's their job to churn out these novels, which sell well enough in their own right, but actually, subconsciously, they're really helping to drive the sales of the minis because uh, of all the lore. And Jay, you started a, a Black Legion uh, army off the back of the um, well, uh, the what's it books? Um, the Black Legion trilogy. Yeah, you're right. And but up until that point, I had no interest in Black Legion. I mean, then the Chaos Space Marine models are quite nice. Abaddon's a really nice model. Um, but I no, but then yeah, off the back of that book, then I'm I love the Black Legion and I would start and collect an army of Black Legion. But I feel as though I know the Black Legion now and I know what their motives are and you know how they would approach a battle and who their enemies are and what they think of different characters in the setting. So I I feel like I could create a story for that army as I'm building and collecting it. Whereas other forces like the Thousand Suns, for example, I, I couldn't really do that with a Thousand Suns army because I'm not a Thousand Suns fan. Yeah. And it's, you know what? That's really clever marketing as well. It's the same logic of obviously back in the 80s, most toy producers made kids TV shows. So kids would watch the TV show, then buy the toys. It's the same kind of concept. But we're talking, you know, decent, you know, amazing books, not just yeah, there are some that are just churned out to kind of go with the releases. But majority of them are, you know, decent novels in their own right away from the game, aren't they? There's quite a few that have just won general writing awards. Not you know, yeah, not yeah. not to say they're just aimed around sci fi awards, just general writing awards, which shows you the talent the Black Library have got to hand. Yeah, that's no, cool. So I mean when you guys are thinking about do, doing a new army, how would you go about it? I know I think I've said in the past that a trip to Warhammer World is always very dangerous because you'll walk through those exhibition halls and see all the heavy metal painted forces, look at all the dioramas, go through the shop at the end and, and, and I've already mentally bought a new army. Um, but recently, I guess, over the last year where that's not been a thing, it has been very much driven by the, I suppose, the hype machine of the Games Workshop previews. Like you say, you see a cool model and go, oh, I'm, making, I'm getting an army of them. 
Yeah, you have to be careful with those previews because pretty much everything you see, like I love those Sister of Battle Walkers. I love um, the artwork of that Fabricator General. Um, and like I say, everything we've seen has just been amazing. And, and it is very tempting to say, oh yeah, I'm doing an army that, I'm doing an army that, I'm doing an army that. Um, and some people, you know, they enjoy doing that. That's great. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, this year I'm trying to be a bit more disciplined. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I that, not spread myself too thin. But by those people, you mean me, Jay? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I mean, you've not picked up every army. You have a lot of armies, but you tend to get an army and finish an army, which yeah. you know that's the best of both worlds, really. Whereas me, I'll see something. Oh, those sisters of battle are great. I buy two boxes of those sister battle battle suits, and uh, and then that's as far as I'll go, and I'll never get them painted. So. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a hard one for us as well because you know it's it's obviously we do the website and the podcast it's it's all about the hype isn't it and we get really invested into it yeah. so it's easy to get carried away isn't it yeah and I, I'm probably the worst uh, for that and um, which shows it goes to show how many kind of ongoing projects I've got at the moment and um, what I have think what I do think I'm doing better at this year though is um kind of going between the projects um so I'm not you know for example I've I, I started the year very heavily on Necrons and whilst they have kind of been on the back burner a little bit recently, I'm still really keen to carry them on. Um, the same with the death card. My death card is so close to being a completed army. Mm. Um, you know, they will be in the next few months, but I'm, I'm not letting myself get burnt out on an army at the moment. Um, and I think, I think obviously when you're talking about how how you go about kind of starting off with that army, Matt, I know you're quite a fan of kind of getting everything you want and then working your way through it. Uh, I think what I'm going to try and do going forward is trying to buy something, paint it, and then buy the next thing, Yeah. which um, I think is every kind of hobbyist kind of ambition. Um, I mean, you do really well. You can buy an, like a 2000 point army and, within a few weeks you'll have a 2000 point painted army whereas i think probably you, you might admit like me jay we probably struggle to do that because we get distracted by something else or we get bored of building and painting that army yeah i have to have a couple of um uh, of armies on the go for that reason dave but i also i i can't get on with the build a unit finish painting it before i build the next unit uh, or paint buy the next unit purely for the fact that I also find it helps to get games in with an army you're working That's true. with, whether it's painted. And it's hard to do that if you're limiting yourself to one unit at a time. And you may end up with, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a trade-off, isn't it, between having like a shelf full of grey plastic against at least having some armies that you can have games with. Because you may find, like you did with the Slanesh, Dave, that you're just not into them. So, yeah. you know, uh, and yeah. then you can always sell stuff as well, which I find so... And Games Workshop tends to keep its value quite well. So if you have started a project, you've got 2,000 points built, you painted one unit, you've had some games, you don't get on with it, there's always someone that'll be willing to take it I on think, um, I think actually that's it's, it's kind of a bit of a genius play by Games Workshop, and we might see this more with AOS. But by the introducing like the Combat Patrol and the incursion-sized games, you're not getting fully invested into an army straight yeah. away. Yeah, you, can, you could buy a Combat Patrol paint it up and then you can have a game you know you, you get the full experience of the game as well which is the great thing about ninth edition that's we, we were chatting about this the other day dave the yeah. um uh meeting engagements isn't really it isn't really a, a thousand point game of, of age of sigma it's a slightly different game isn't it it is it is i think i think that's something that aos can do a little bit better on and i think they probably will look at that in the next edition um 
so yeah, I think I think for me, like I'm I'm gonna build up this army of ogres, but I'll I'll build up in such a way that um, when I finish sort of painting the first wave, I'll have some kind of army I can then have a game with, mm. um, and then you know see how I get, and then add to it, and then so on and so forth. Excellent stuff. Well, I hope that's kind of um, helped uh, some maybe our newer listeners who uh, are sort of starting out in the hobby, or even those that have been in the hobby for some time. Um, in regards to kind of collecting and painting and, and trying an army. Um, there, there are various different ways of tackling it. Um, but I think if you can, going down to, to Warhammer World is probably the best way of picking out a new army and checking out what's, what you know is possible um, with forces um, as an end product because that place is just like the holy grail. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it to opening again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see the Luminoth in the cabinet, actually. I've not seen Luminoth in the cabinet yet. Oh, there's, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot we haven't seen that's been released since uh, we yeah. last went to Warhammer World. Mm. So on that note, uh, we shall take a pause, but we have got the ever-popular top three, and that is coming up next. So for this week's top three, we're looking at Hobby bargains. So what, during the course of our hobbying have we picked up and can be classed as a bargain so quite an interesting one um i'll, I'll be interested to see what you guys have uh, have come up with and um, but i'm going to start us off this week with my third choice so there was an old games workshop uh, store manager who was handed um basically uh, an item that had been written off the system so he got given it and he was like you know what actually i know somebody who would appreciate this um and he gave them to me now but this is my third choice in my top three for being a bargain. But let's be honest, were they that great? And they were my Death Watch dice. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 heard, I heard an ancient Egyptian rumour that <laughs> the uh, Emotep once, once held those dice and they were cursed to roll ones ever since. Yeah, so my, my my only ever free Warhammer dice, um, my themed Death Watch dice from, I guess it would have been eighth edition or probably seventh. It's a long time ago. Um, they have never rolled very well, and I I still use them um for ages. And I I did say that once I say I've got a Death Watch army because my Death Watch army is nearly tabletop, you know, for a small incursion game, tabletop ready. I might have to give them a go, but um, I do have some replacement death watch dice for them now so hopefully they'll roll a bit better um, but you I can't remember, uh, i remember us playing an apocalypse game and i think you and you and jay were on the same side <laughs> and exasperated jay telling you to use different <laughs> dice yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible but i still have them um they're slightly faulty because the um the lid because they, they came in one of those um oblong tubes like the plastic uh containers the, the lid's kind of slightly broken on it, so I have to be careful they don't spill everywhere. Uh, even if they do spill everywhere, they'll roll ones. Um, but um, you just have to be a bit careful. So uh, you can't get much of a better bargain than free. So that is my third choice, my Death Watch dice. Um, Matt, what is your third choice? Well, my third choice is a recent one. It is Indomitus. This is a box that contained the full 40k rulebook, which I think is about 30 quid to buy by itself. And two 1,000-point armies for 40k. And it was, what, 120 quid maybe off the top of my head? Mm-hmm. Absolute yep. bargain for the contents. 
Um, I think it's it's it probably is the best value box they've done. Uh, it was a shame that it was only a limited run. That was my only mark against it. If this had been like the the permanent 40k starter set, that'd be my number one to, auto buy suggestion fair, for anyone getting into the game. To be fair, they did bring it back made to order, which I thought was a really good move. Yes, they did. But I'd I'd have liked to see this as a permanent thing. That's the that's the intro box to 40k rather than the the ones that you can buy are, are less value than than this set, aren't they? They are. I suppose the trade off you've got with like the because the, the command edition's the biggest of the 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 range of starter boxes that they do is you do get some scenery as well. So it's more of a a game in a box, whereas Indomitus isn't because you don't get any of the dice or scenery or boards or anything. This is this is true. I suppose for somebody brand new to it, maybe the maybe the the the, the actual starter box is a better buy because you you, you get the boards in there, don't you, as well, and the you scenery you and do. the dice. You, so yeah. yeah, I suppose. May, okay, so maybe for an experienced player, then Indomitus is the buy, and I, I suppose that's what they said at the time, wasn't it? This was a mm. box designed for people who were already into 40k and want the new yeah. rulebook and two armies. So yeah. I really hope we see something like that for AOS third edition. I just hope there's enough stock for everybody to get one. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jay, what is your third choice? Yeah, um, Indomitus was very nearly on my list as well because that was just a fantastic um, value for money, really. And the quality of the models you got in that set was fantastic. And then when you compare it to what's come out since, it it made it even look like an even bigger bargain, really. Um, No wonder it was so popular. Um, And in a similar sort of, um, uh, similar to that, the the Lumineff launch box as well, um, which it was... Almost like, I mean, the Sisters of Battle, I guess, that predated it, didn't it? So that was sort of set the sort of standard for that kind of box set. Um, but the Lumineff one, uh, it was about around £160 worth of stuff. You got a limited edition codex, you got dice, you got um, cards, um, a deck of cards with all your spells and effects, tokens. Um, you got a really cool... Palette marker, didn't you? Yeah, that's it, the little plastic three-inch marker. Um, Elfarian, a special character, Um a unit of dawn breaker uh yeah breakers dawn riders dawn breakers dawn riders uh, and a unit of um wardens and you could get it for about 85 quid something like that from like element games um so you know you're almost like 50 percent off i mean and, and what that's got over the sisters box and indomitors is that they were the full kits as well it wasn't a, like a push fit frame it was the actual kits that were getting released you know eventually it was like four months later wasn't it yeah that's right yeah i think you did you pick up a couple of them to pad out your force of those i did i, I got a couple of them yeah and this i mean this ties into another one of my things coming out but i did i i, I bought three boxes in, in total so i got all my Oralan wardens and i got all my dawn riders because i wanted 15 and 30 um, obviously, I didn't need three versions of Alfari and three versions of the Codex, so I managed to shift two versions. Uh, I managed to shift two of the Battle Tomes. Uh, well, no, one of the Battle Tomes. I didn't shift the other one, so I've got actually got two of the old Battle Tomes. But you know, that's the risk you take. So I'm still up. Um, shifted both of the Light of Alfarians. I kept the dice because I wanted 30 dice rather than 10 dice. Um, the tokens and stuff I sold on as well. The little they came in a separate pack with all the punch out tokens and cards. Sold them. Um, so it worked out great value for money for me, really. Excellent stuff. My uh, swinging round to our second choices. My second choice helped me to pad out my Deathcon army. So between the three of us, we all went in and subscribed to the Conquest magazine series. Um, so really, that that gave me a few units of my Death Guard that 
Um, I really need for my first Plaguebirth crawler. Um, some of the special characters, more Plague Marines, more Poxwalkers. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's I, I'm starting the Imperium magazine series because I think for the value, um, it's going to get me the rest of my Necrons, which I would have bought separately anyway, and um, potentially a brand new chapter in some new additions to my Death Watch for the Space Marines. Mm. Um, so I think these are, are great. I mean, they do appear to be um, a little on the expensive side each month, but when you look at it on the grand scheme of things, you are getting um, a lot for your money. And especially like we did, going three ways for Conquest um, just made it like really uh, appetising, really. Yeah, I mean, I did a breakdown on the website with the with the value saved, but that doesn't include the brushes and paints, which again is a fair. You know, if you think it's what three quid for a pot of paint now, maybe even more. Yeah, it's, probably the same uh, price for a brush. Yeah, so so you do save a lot of money, uh, and and where you can, you know, if you wanted to do a particular build, so we'll use the new series for example. We know that flayed one sprue is on the magazine. If you bought four copies of that magazine, that's probably less than the cost of getting a unit of 20, you know, buying mm-hmm. the Games of boxes. It's uh, yeah. probably going to be finding four copies of it, isn't it? But I know a lot of people use um, use various kind of uh, gaming stores and just order them directly from there. Yeah. You can even order them directly from uh, Hatchet, I think. Uh, yeah, From their you can. web store, uh, Forbidden Planet and places like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that 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 really helped me to pad out my Death Guard, um, and I can't wait for the Imperium series. Uh, Matt, your second choice. So one of my favourite boxes that Games Workshop have ever done is the uh, the Dark Uprising Necromunda starter set because it contained the full rule book, it came two gangs and a whole load of scenery. Uh, I so much that I bought two of these <laughs> because I wanted a decent uh, a Zone Mortalis board, but for for really dense boards you want a lot of scenery you want a lot of scenery so i was uh very excited when i saw somebody selling just the scenery contents of that box on ebay for 50 pounds buy it now i clicked as fast as i could double check the fine print make sure it wasn't just like a single frame and no i got the entire contents of that set for 50 quid which you're talking a lot of scenery there i think uh I got a real bargain, and I used most of that in building my uh, Orlock mining drill, mm-hmm. which, you know, the, the number of sprues that went into that, it'd be too like pro- prohibitive in cost to do it otherwise. But mm. um, because I'd got the sprue so cheap, I could go to town and make it a nice, awesome, detailed board. And I think that really lends itself to, to Necromunda when you've got those cool consent pieces. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jay, your second choice. Uh, my second choice is um, there's um, a couple of like hobby shops uh, in and around our area which occasionally stock Games Workshop stuff, uh, and one is like a Dagfield. It's called Dagfield. It's like a it's like a farm shop thing, like lots of different shops there, antique shops and things. But there is a there's like a little toy store, and every now and then you go in there and they've got like Warhammer on clearance. So quite a few times I've managed to pick up box. I think I got quite a few Space Walls from there a few years ago um thunderwolf cavalry uh the uh gray hunters and things that are much cheaper than you'd even find in places like element games yeah um so it's worth just popping your head in these little shops when you see them and just have a look what's on the shelf they actually have a website jay i i bought most of my warlord game stuff for the napoleonics from them 
And, ah, right. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they have like, you know, you mentioned the, Lum- uh, the Luminous uh, Realm Lords launch box. I think they've got that for 70 quid. Oh, Club I Ball starter box for 60 quid. I don't, know, I don't know how they sell them so cheap and make no. any money, but um, yeah. It means I think it's a bit of a random assortment. You're not going to get the entire range, but you can't, uh, yeah, it's definitely you can't, worth a look. Exactly, yeah. You can't, like, you know, curse cities out this weekend, right? I'll go to the Dagfields and grab it. It's probably they, not they, there. No, no, they have it. You can pre order it right now. Oh, do they? Right, I tell yeah. you that then. <laughs> Yeah, they so yeah, little local shops. I, I don't know how they make the money on it, but they do somehow. <laughs> Excellent. I've not been there for ages. It's actually quite local to us. Um, right, we are round to our top choices, uh, and my top choice was. So you you got your little toy shops and stuff, but I, I never normally. I, I used to go to um, car boots quite a lot, um, especially in sort of an old, in, a, in an old relationship. Um, I used to go to quite a few car boots, but you never really saw. You heard tales of people finding Warhammer and stuff at these things, but I never found anything other than tat, really. Um, however, one day I did actually pick up an official Games Workshop carry case for I think it was four pounds. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a little dusty, and some of the foam had been kind of ripped in places, you know, where they put different size models in there. Um, but for four pounds, I wasn't going to grumble. I mean, what do they retail at? Like twenty quid or something more than that? The at least, yeah, probably thirty plus. Yeah. So um, that that's that was probably my biggest hobby bargain, and it's probably the only time I've come across Warhammer at a car boot sale. Uh, Matt, what was your uh, your top choice? Well, I've been I've been a follower of the Dark Gods for a long time. And I've, I've, never, I've, not, I've, I've not become a demon prince yet, so thankfully I've not received their blessings too many times. Um, there the was a time though where I very nearly was destined to spawn them though. I was, um, I was, I was at uni, and you know you always have those those rubbish days where you you haven't got enough time to get the train home, but you've kind of got a couple of hours to kill before your next lesson. So I was just milling around Liverpool city centre for a couple of hours bored and um i happened to just wander into a charity shop i don't even know why i did i thought i just mm-hmm. thought i'm bored i've got time to kill i'll have a look around mm-hmm. and, and i did a double take when i see there sitting on the shelf a copy of realm of chaos slaves to darkness the super super rare original <laughs> kind of chaos book from back in the day i'm like okay that's interesting i wonder how much they're selling it for pick it up no price on it Okay, right. Okay, go to, go to the woman at the at the store. She's like, oh yeah, all the all the annuals and books there. That they're fifty pence each. Wow, that <laughs> fifty pence was out my pocket quicker than, than ever. And uh, yeah, it got it was it was a little bit it was a little bit battered. It wasn't like pristine condition, but yeah, it was it was an original copy of Slaves to Darkness for fifty pence with Corn's angry face on the front cover. Um, if you're not seeing it, I'm sure Dave will stick in a picture of the cover of this book. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, 50p. And I kept hold of it for a long time. And um, I did I did sell it eventually. I think I got about £100 for it on eBay. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, and I think it was just before they'd... Because um, they reprinted them, I think, and were selling them from Warhammer World, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so 50p, 50p super collectible book from the world that was. That's, that's, a, that, that's a real, real bargain. Have you been watching all these antiques roadshow kind of programs, Matt? You know, not, maybe that's a bad example. 
Yeah, they, know, they never had Realm cheated. of Chaos on the Antiques Road. <laughs> no, no, done. definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd have one bargain hunt with that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Uh, buy cheap and sell, sell for more. Uh, excellent stuff. That's an excellent top choice. Uh, Jay, what, what is your top choice? How My do you beat choice? that? Well, I can't beat that. <laughs> I'm not going to try and beat that. However, I have something really fun. Um, and they sort of, they've brought them back in a form recently, but they're not as good as they used to be. And um, these were at game stays. You could pick up a mystery box for a fiver. Oh, yes. And it, 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 you had no idea what was going to be in it. So you just bought it for five pounds and then whatever was in, whatever was in. Uh, oh man, I've had some cracking models out of those mystery boxes. I had a whole unit of Dark Eldar Mandrakes, and these were the old metal Mandrakes that looked like Slanesh Warriors rather than the new shadowy Mandrakes that you can get. And they Eldar. Were about seven pounds a blister, even then, weren't they? Exactly. You were looking at like 50, 60 quid for a unit of metal blisters normally. Um, well, maybe not that much. I can't wait. It's a long time now since I had to buy metal blisters, I suppose. But yeah, definitely a lot more than five pounds. Um, Elder Aspect Warriors, I had an Eldar Farseer in one of them, I believe. Um, some um, Warhammer model, what was the Warhammer model? Some Empire, I can't think what they were now. Um, but certainly the Eldar stuff was really, really cool to find. Um, but for £5, I mean, it, you definitely got more than £5 in those boxes. Yeah. Yeah, and remember people used to like trade stuff as well if they didn't want it as well at the show, which was always quite fun. Yeah. Um, you used to be able to go into games workshops. I know the one in Manchester used to have like a bits um, bucket at the back where you could find like metal parts and plastic parts and spare melter guns and flamers and helmets and things like this. Um, you don't really get that so much anymore. I mean, there are the websites aren't like bits box and things. Um, but I guess nowadays you don't, you tend to some of the sprues are a bit tuned, aren't they? Where you just get the weapon options. I suppose more so on the Age of Sigmar side than the Warhammer side. I think from a, a business point of view, Games Workshop would rather you spend £30 on a box of... Yeah. Uh, you know, rather than walking into your local store and maybe picking up a melter gun for a pound. Yeah, I mean, obviously they used to have the, the, the mail order where you could buy any part, but if you think of just warehouse space and the manpower to actually sort that... I, I, they probably they were probably losing money on it, so I don't blame them getting rid of it. Nah. Um, well, they used to do it in the early member top three as well. Do you remember? Obviously, they had the, the specialist games that were kind of. I think we're quite lucky now that you know Blood Bowl, Titanicus, Aeronautica, they've been like long supported, haven't they? But mm. back in the day, the specialist games didn't tend to hang around too much and were phased out before the new one came. But if you were lucky enough to be in a games workshop store, kind of mid transition, you could get an absolute bargain. I remember getting an, an entire epic 40k Tyranid army for about 20 quid. Gorka mm. uh, Morka blisters for a pound each, just because they were they were clearing it because the next specialist game was coming out. Nice. Um, and another another cheeky shout out as well. Do you remember the old three for two sales on store openings? No, I don't remember that. So whenever a Games Workshop store opened, all blisters were buy three, get the cheapest free, and the same on box sets as well. And that even applied to your big box games. So you could buy, I don't know, 40k, Warhammer, and get Mordheim for free. Oh, that's so good. No, I remember that. But I suppose there's not been many new Games Workshop stores open, has there, since then? They've um, not got much space to expand the uh, the amount of stores that they've got in the UK now. no. Excellent stuff. Well, that, that's our top threes um, polished off. What have the community picked out as their top three hobby bargains? 
We shall find out in just a few moments. It is time for the final segment of this week's podcast, and it's time to read out the community top three picks. So, Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? Well, first of all, Jem Daduku must have tweeted us as he was listening to the podcast because this one came in super early. Uh, three bargains, two are night related. Number three, at a real auction, got a knight for 60 quid. Uh, number two, a knight kit came with a missing sprue, so GW sent a new kit free. Made a conversion of the other guy. Games which are really good customer service. If you've got a damaged kit, they, they do normally just send out a new one for you, which is really cool. Um, and then number one, in a local Warhammer store, a great guy called Sean gave Child 2 Archeon for free. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. You need to take the boys to Games Workshop, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Fraser, uh, the dwarf gobbo lobber at a car boot sale for two pounds. Uh, wasn't wasn't all wasn't all crew, but still most. So yeah, you might be missing a few parts, but at two quid, you can't be complaining, can you? That's that's Absolutely a bargain. Uh, Porter Sorter says, "I'll give you the worst hobby bargain." They brought Blood Bowl two uh, for PS4 second hand in the summer of 2016 for less than a fiver. Fell back into the hobby, hobby harder than they ever did as a teenager. Probably <laughs> spending far more than that five pounds <laughs> in the preceding years. <laughs> Uh, Pete Allison, probably the best bargain I found was the original Warhammer Quest roleplay book, Lair of the Orc Lord and Catacombs of Terror for £5 each. That sounds a bargain. Again, I think that's similar to my uh, Realm of Chaos where they go for silly money on eBay. Uh, Claude Savagely, the clear winner for me is a Games Workshop in-store sale on Battlefleet Gothic. I got a full Space Marine fleet at about £1 per ship. Uh, and I wow. mentioned being uh, VA, uh, Forge World at VAT free prices on a few occasions in the past. Yeah, that's a point. Back just after the credit crunch, there was no VAT, was there? No. So, yeah, you could probably get a decent discount on Forge World kits at the time. Um, Gothic, I'd have I'd have loved to have been in a GW store as we're phasing out Gothic, because a pound a ship, that sounds amazing to me. Um, Dan Barrett, the Warhammer 40,000 compendium in a second-hand bookstore, perfect condition, three pounds. Mm. Amazing. Uh, Mark Dewhurst, 90s Ultramarine Captain, 199 on eBay with free postage. <laughs> uh, Assault Marie, Assault Terminator, sorry, for £10 in a toy shop closing down. Uh, and £30 at a car boot sale for a big box of miniatures. Sold two Lord of the Ring mummocks from it for 40 quid and kept the rest. Amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Job, job lots at car boot sales can be really good. Yeah. I never got to find any miniatures at a car boot sale, which, which is. I may have once. I think I picked up a, a bag of like at random aspect warriors for like twenty quid. Oh wow, that's good. Yeah, I have to admit though, I've not had many car boot sale finds. It, you always kind of think, oh, we'll get there early and there'll be someone selling their 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 treasure trove of miniatures. Unfortunately, I think most people have cottoned on that they can just sell it on eBay for a lot more than taking it to a car boot sale. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for like um, a, a, a a grumbled ex-partner or something that just wants shot of them on a Sunday morning or something. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt, what is next week's top three? So inspired by our April Fools this year, this year uh, we want to know your top three characters you would like to see a Broken Realms book devoted to. 
Now, obviously, we know there's at least a couple more books coming, so you never know. Your picks may well be the next Broken Realms book. Yeah. So get your choices in early uh, via our social media, facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews, or head over to Twitter at Spruce and Brews, or you can wait until the Sunday or Monday uh, of the week um, to reply to the, the tweet or Facebook message that we put out asking for the week's top threes, whichever suits, really. Um, we'll look forward to hopefully reading them out on next week's show. So that brings us to the end of episode 132. It's been a good one this week, guys, mm. as always. Uh, and we'll be back again next week. So in the meantime, have a great week of hobby, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews.